Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of Political Straight Talk. Welcome to the month of February. It is Black History Month where we spend 29 days this month celebrating those people of color. I'm wondering if we celebrate the color orange. Because if we do, on Wednesday, orange (laughs) is the new black, literally. When the Senate votes 52 to 48 to acquit El Presidente. It will be 52-48 and my hunch originally was that it would be about 56 to 44. It may still turn out to be that way. We shall see. The time, 10-10 on the East Coast, 7-10 on the left coast. And let's start the show with what's on everybody's mind today. And that is, how many times has Nancy Pelosi pulled her teeth out of her mouth and threw them across the room because she <laughs> Because I'm thinking a whole bunch. I'm thinking a man. We have breaking news. We have breaking news. Uh, Nancy just threw the teeth across the room. She said that she could chug the alcohol faster without him. She is close to Napa Valley. So she's probably over there, got a straight into one of the vats, trying to uh, drink her sorrows away. But well, you know how they have the new uh, Mar- or they have the old Marsha 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 routine. Now yep. we have the Jerry 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 routine. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, I'm wondering if any children available. Are there any children for Kitty Corner? Not yet. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, let me let me know when when they are available. Yeah, because we are All right. in um, Walmart. <laughs> okay, well, fine. When you're out of Walmart, you let me know. How's the movie? You want to pick pick me up? It's, it's good. Ice cream, By the way, this is my beautiful bride. <laughs> For those of you that are new to the program, and they went and saw Hansel and Gretel. Yay. That's so, so they'll give us a synopsis of the show later. <laughs> right now, they are making the Waltons some money. All right. So let's well, go to the hopefully. first topic. And this is one of the more dark topics, given what happened last Sunday. But it's something that has just absolutely bothered me all week. So let's talk about Kobe Bryant. Okay? All week, we have seen across the world the great accolades of Kobe Bryant. Okay? 
Now, before I go any further, let me say that he was an exceptional basketball player. He was not Michael Jordan. He was not LeBron James. But he is an ex- or was an exceptional basketball player. However, however, back several years ago, he... 2003. In a hotel room goes to force himself upon another young lady that was not consensual. She did not consent, but because she was, and I quote, a bit promiscuous, end quote, in her past, they did not feel like she was going to be a credible witness. And so some money changed hands behind the scenes and Kobe walked free. He would be, if I were in charge, the poster child or on a poster for the Me Too movement. Okay? Now, I believe in God's grace and God's forgiveness, and I hope that he at some point in time along his life chose to seek out salvation, at which time we'll see him on Judgment Day. But is it a bit... Anybody that's come out and said anything about this, a uh, WAPO reporter said something, another uh, gentleman came out and, and said something on ESPN. Both were suspended from their jobs, one reinstated, one not. Um, and Jeez. the response... Too much for free speech. The response <laughs> to individuals that bring this up and say, look, while we're putting him up on a pedestal, we need to you know, look at at all sides of this, are met with just the absolute rage and hatred of people that want to paint this guy to be right next to Pope John Paul II as a saint. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to throw it out there, and I'll come to each of you, and you can give me your thoughts on it. But is there something we're missing here, or am I wrong? and thinking that we need to talk about both sides of this. And we'll start with Mark. I'm thinking what happened 15 years ago with a woman. One, he was young and stupid, which is not an excuse per se. Sounds like but it. <laughs> what happened happened, and... It looked like he changed his life afterwards because you don't you, you never heard of another scandal like that. You saw him become a good family man, a good father, and all of that. And if he made amends to the woman, I'm not sure, but I think he did. I hope he did. But it, it goes to show you how celebrity will put you above the whole Me Too movement. Because right now, they're not chanting for Bill Cosby to go to jail for what he did. They're actually saying that it's racism that put Bill Cosby in jail. They're not, threat- they're not condemning Bill Clinton. They're, just, they're calling him the greatest American president we've ever had, next to Obama, of course. <laughs> the same thing with Harvey Weinstein. I'm <laughs> There's a whole host of Me Too's that are being ignored because the the celebrity is one of their favorites. 
Well, I, I think that's a mistake. And, I, you know, again, it goes back to is this the right time to discuss it? Should, you know, should he be recognized for his basketball accolades? Absolutely. He was, in my mind, one of the top 50 players. Okay? Um, he's not in the top 10. He's not in the top 20. He's in the 40s. But he was a <clears throat> player. And he should be recognized for that. But just the way this whole and, – and Amanda pointed out something, and, and I'll bring it up after everybody comments on this, but th- there's another part to this. Um, Jill, you're next. Well, that's interesting. You start with – there's another part to this, and I'm thinking, okay, what? Um, you know well, – It's not relevant that happened to that. At, Okay. Well, that happened in 2003. Okay. That was something that was in his past. And I distinctly recall um, a, um, a, a, what do you call it, a press conference that was given when all that stuff came to fruition and he had to man up and admit to what he did. And he got on national TV, and he did man up, and he did admit to what he did. He said he was very wrong. I remember seeing it. So, you know, it seems to me, and whatever they, they figured as a settlement or whatever the situation was, you know, um, I just feel like when someone has done something in their past that is that is. I mean, okay, that would had a potential for crim- criminality, in which case, you know, in that regard, if there was a crime involved, that had to be worked <laughs> out, and apparently it was, okay, or he would be doing jail time, whatever. Um, the point I guess I'm trying to make here is is that it's in it was in his past, and I think that for the sake of, you know, our future generations, our kids that are young and impressionable now, we as adults, since it was worked out, need to let it go. Because the true judgment is not ours anyway. No, but accountability is. So. True, and there is a huge problem with the lack of accountability in this country. I will agree with you there. But, um, but nevertheless, I mean, you know, you yourself said that the girl involved they had determined that there was a bit of a promiscuous past for her, and so therefore there wasn't a crime that they could get him on. So no, they could get him it on is what, it is. what they were What they were afraid of was that her past would be brought up, and let's just face it, uh, a rape crime in this country, if you can get that the woman decided she liked sex and had sex with four other people last week, and said yes, but say no to this one. Rape convictions are very hard to get. Barbara, you're up. Go. Well, you know, I'm I'm sorry that these nine people died, and it was tragic. And the NSTV came out today and said that that particular helicopter, the owner, it was not cleared to fly. And foggy weather. Right. So, which, which very quickly explains, which which very quickly explains why um, he ceased all operations. He better hope he's an LLC because if not, 
he's going to be singing the We Be Screwed song. Um, yeah. He don't piss me off. So. He can walk behind you, and it doesn't even matter. It's like, watch out, goofballs. Run you over. She is talking about people inside of Walmart and must not realize she is not muted. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. Sorry. Actually, we're in the car. <laughs> well, that's all right because you're up next to comment on the Kobe Bryant Me Too. No, it's finished. I wasn't finished. Oh, well, excuse me. Barbara, may you continue? I'm going to mute. <laughs> Okay. Um, That's way better. Um, no, but the way they, on Sunday, I mean, it was non-stop coverage, wall to wall. I mean, it, they talked about nothing else. And it made me a little bit uncomfortable. You know, it's like... God, I mean, all right, he was a good basketball player. You know, and it's tragic that his daughter was with him. But, you know, can we uh, kind of move on here? Yeah. Like you said, too, they, you know, they they barely mentioned the seven other people that also died in the crash, which was... I don't think good right. journalism. And that was actually going to be my next point that I would said there's more to it because Amanda had brought that point up. But at this point, we're at the Me Too part of it, and should, should that be part of the discussion? Now, he never, by the way, unless somebody can find the clip, I don't think he ever admitted culpability. I think he just paid and made it go away. Um. But I mean, this neither here nor there. I think he kept saying it was consensual. Yes, he did, but he paid money in. So, um, Amanda, do you want to comment on the hashtag Me Too? Um, All I have to say is, is, you know, looking at a lot of the posts and the comments that have been made on it. People are acting like they knew him personally, and they took this such to heart that him and his daughter died. It is like, okay, yes, it's sad. Yes, you know, that family lost their father and um, their sister, their daughter, and, and whatnot. But there was also another couple in there that they, it was mom, dad, and child, you know, mm-hmm. that's just as devastating and it just it just floors me how how much people personalize this death for them oh you know it's it's all about kobe and what's her name Gigi. anyways Deanna. i just i think Deanna. that that's that's kind of crazy because again they they're taking it a little more to a personal level versus you know okay yes he was he was a legendary basketball player you know yeah sucks that he died sucks that his kid died it's sad it is but okay that's part of life we have to move forward and you can't sit and personalize that unless you 
knew them personally. I mean, or that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I had asked my daughter because she had actually posted, you know, how sad she was about it. And I asked her, I said, well, did you know him? Did you know who he was before this? Well, no. I'm, I knew that he was a basketball player. Okay, well, why is it so sad to you other than the fact that, yes, a life a life was lost? Why is it really that, you know, oh, it's so, you know, to just keep going on about it? Did he affect your life? Did, you know, was he a big part of your life? No. Did you follow him, you know, and make him a part of your life? Did you love basketball so much that you idolized him? No. So why is it affecting you that much? Because everybody else is doing it or what? So, anyways. Well, thank you. Tammy? If I could. <clears throat> okay. Tammy, do you, you have thoughts? Tell on? me what I'm up next. Hey, um, Look, I think a lot of this, it is tragic, and I hate it for the fam, all the families involved. But I think there may be some ulterior motive in blowing this story up mm-hmm. because the president has had a few wins, and they've had a few losses <laughs> over the impeachment. And so, you know, some of it is there blowing that up so you don't really see some of the other stuff that's going on. I mean, we know they do that all the time. Yeah, they do that. Right, distraction. Yeah, it's just a, it's a distraction. You know, it's bad because, you know, they the black community always, you know, glorifies them. And, like, they're the only, you know, the real famous ones are the only black people that they have, heroes that they have to look up to. But that's just simply not true. There's a lot of them that are out there, you know, do a tremendous amount of work in the community and are just as heroic working with the kids down the street. So it's tragic, yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're you're fine. That's, that's, That's my take on it. Well, I am. No. I, I have very little. Yes, he ought to be recognized by his by his basketball accomplishments, uh, by the basketball community. Uh, but this whole business of wanting to change the NBA's logo to the Kobe logo, wanting oh, to uh, Nike has pulled all of his merchandise. Um, so that people Why? can't purchase oh. it and jack the price up on third-party markets. Um, oh, what Nike is doing is Nike <laughs> Nike aims to make a billion dollars off of his death, and that's exactly what they're going to do. Because when they re-release his stuff, it's going to be commemorative. It's going to be something that's never been out there. There were two shoes getting ready to hit the market uh, of his line of shoes, and they're going to go, you know, they're, when those shoes come out, they're going to be $500 a pair. What are people going to do? They're going to line up to get them uh, because the new Nike Jordans are six months away, so people will have time to save up their money. 
or key card of their tax return to go buy the Kobe's and the Jordans. Um, wow. Now, I know that sounds kind of mean, but that's exactly why Nike's doing what they're doing. Um, and calling and I just, Davis Hotel. I'm sorry? Colin Kaepernick gave his okay. Colin Kaepernick is a fool. Um, so let's wrap this up. Mark had a final point to make, and then we'll move on. Mark? It's quite funny how you have every everyone who has never watched a Kobe Bryant basketball game who is destroyed, distressed, and, and you can see the anguish in their face because – they lost someone who had a big name. What I love was, I, I I absolutely loved the highlights of the Grammys, which happened Sunday Sunday night. And Alicia Keys oh, yeah. had this this touching memorial to to Kobe. Didn't come out with her song about impeachment and all kind of other crap, which is um. You you have fake outrage in this country, and you now you also have fake sympathy because it's a solemn occasion. Someone died. Let's attack the president. Let's attack the president because he's mm-hmm. orange. Yeah, I didn't so, watch it. Okay, we we need to get <clears throat> Colin Kaepernick a helicopter. Oh wow! We get oh, Colin God. Kaepernick. It's just about a half a million dollars. We'll get, we'll get him a half a million dollar helicopter with his personal pilot. Make sure his personal okay, pilot. Okay, okay, okay. Come on. Can we draw the line here? That's not, I don't want to wish anybody's death off on anybody. I don't care how bad the behavior is. Seriously. Okay, we'll give it to Clinton. No helicopter. Well, it's no kind of beyond the pale, man. All right. Huh? I understand where he's going. He's being kind of funny. All right, so we're going to pause in our normally scheduled broadcast excellence. And we are going to borrow the minds of three young children who are currently traversing toward Highway 21 to go home. So today's political straight talk kitty corner question is simply this. Who will win the Super Bowl tomorrow? Who want, Who do you want to win the Super Bowl tomorrow and why? We will start with the guest of the bunch, and that will be, oh, holy crap, hold on, Bob. So Bob, Bob, you're up. Hello, Bob. I want the 49ers to win. Because they're good and they're they're my favorite team. And I will win. Okay. Next up will be Bella. Hi. Hi, Bella. Uh, Why? Because they're better than the team that you're going for. Oh, okay. Alexandria. in your face. Huh? I said, bone snap 
in your face. Wow. Hello. Because we your team will be like, like 35 to 0. And um, they'll smash us. And um, they will win. I do see. I do see the forty. I do see the 49ers scoring zero in the Chiefs' thirty-five. So that's a pretty good score right there. Good job. <laughs> the opposite way. Um, and they will win, and I want them to win because they're my favorite team. And All right, so ladies, next question in Political Straight Talks, Kitty Corner. Let's see, can we make it, we'll make it an easy one today. What is your favorite sport and why? And this time, we'll start with Arabella. Um, And why is basketball your favorite sport? Because out of, like, all of the four or three sports that I play, I like basketball the most. The only thing I don't like about it is, like, my Gotcha. By the way, you guys, Arabella plays on a team, and they are number two in wow. their division. So, yay for Arabella and her team. Yay. All right, Bob. What's your favorite sport? Basketball. Now, aren't you on one of the teams? Aren't you on Lexi's team? Yes, I am. Okay. And why do you like basketball? Well, because it's an aggressive sport, and I like like shooting the ball in, and I think I can learn it more to be good and go to the NBA. There you go. She says she's bypassing the WNBA and going to the NBA. Good for you. I have to say, I have to say something for Bob, though. Okay, Bob is teaching these girls how to drop it low. Okay, on the court <laughs> when she's trying to do free throws. Yep. So Bob, Can you um, put your butt actually, next to the floor. I thought she I thought this was she the actually does very very well. So I think basketball is secondary. <laughs> Alex. Um, I, my favorite sport would be uh, basketball. Because I like basketball, but I'm just not good at it. You are good at it when you try. I do well, try. you you get better at it. And in in defense of Lexi's and Bob's team, okay, they are a new team. This is their first year playing in the league, um, and and they have a new coach that has never coached in the league. So they're all learning together, and after they get this first season out of the way and they keep a lot of the team together, I think they're going to be fine. So they're all they're all on the learning curve in in this season. So, are you the coach? 
I am not the coach. As a matter of fact, if I were the – never mind. Um, just know that uh, I'm, I am very proud of the girls for stepping out there and playing the sport. I'm nope. very proud of, of, of uh, Adriana being willing to coach. And so, yay for them. At least they're stepping out there. A lot of people don't even do that. So, girls, thank you for participating in Kitty Corner. And now we shall return to our regularly scheduled program. Everybody say bye to the girls. Guys, say bye. Bye. Bye, ladies. All right. So now let's move on to something totally off the off the topic of politics and me too. And that is hashtag Burger King. Okay. So, so as I knew it probably was going to come to pass, a vegan has now sued Burger King over their totally impossible Whopper. And the vegan has sued. The vegan has sued, claiming that he got this burger not realizing that it was cooked on the same chain as hamburgers. Oh, God. Now, Burger King, in their response, I love Burger King. I really love it when they get taken to task by Wendy's, but I love Burger King and the fact that they're like, look, all you had to do was ask us, A, and B, it's all over our website that they're cooked on the same uh, broiler as our burgers. Okay, so this is going to be a pretty quick lawsuit, but the reason I bring this out is that there's always a group trying to sue the mainstream to change things for a minority, okay? (laughs) If you go to a burger chain and you order something that is on the menu, odds are it's going to be cooked unless otherwise stated in the same stuff as the burgers are cooked. Simple as that. Okay? I don't go to Burger King expecting to get something vegan because they deal with burgers. Okay? They do not say we have a vegan menu. I do not go to um, Joe's Falafel expecting to be able to get a pork sandwich because it's falafel. You're not going to get pork. Okay? I don't go to a kosher deli expecting the same thing because it's not going to happen. Okay? And these stupid lawsuits is what backs up our federal court system. They estimate that 72% of the cases working its way through the initial courts on the federal level is frivolous in nature. Okay? Speaking of frivolous lawsuits, Representative Gabbard has sued Hillary Clinton for 50 mil, stating that Hillary Clinton defamed her when she called her a Russian asset. Okay? I'm going to save you all some trouble about following this, because here's exactly what's going to happen. It's the same thing's going to happen to Burger King. 
the Burger King lawsuit. A, the Burger King lawsuit is going to be thrown out for stupidity. The wonderful little Gabbard lawsuit is going to be thrown out because a public official cannot sue for libel or defamation. They can't. That's right, Bonesburg. Okay. Simple as that. They cannot sue for libel or defamation. That goes to congressmen, senators, elected officials, people running for office, people appointed to an office. Can't happen. Waste of time. Don't waste your breath and don't waste the $300 filing fee to file in the courts. You will not win. Okay? Anybody have any comments on those two things? If not, we'll move forward. Well, I just hope that Gabbard has a lot of protection. Well, uh, much. You might find yourself suicided. All right. So let us. Uh, wow. I'm going to tell you, I, I've got to hand it to the Border Patrol. I, I am very happy with the Border Patrol and ICE and the Department of Homeland Security. They've really been cracking down on this fake merchandise that's been flooding into our country. And I'm very proud of them. They've they've captured $123 million worth of fake merchandise headed for the Super Bowl. Um, for some reason, somebody's wasted a bunch of money and made up shirts that say San Fran's the champs. Um, I don't know why they wasted the money because that ain't going to happen, but, you know. Um, so let us... Uh, let us move on if nobody has anything else. How many people here Please. can tell me? Go ahead, Mark. Well, let's say that um, there are going to be little African kids next week that's going to have those those T-shirts that say 49ers World Champions. Correct. Because also, they, um, they, have to make them, they have to make them both, and then they'll send the losers overseas to the, yeah. 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 Uh, also, uh, I like that Tal- that uh, uh, Tulsi G- uh, Gabbard did this. I know she knows that it's not going to go anywhere. And uh, uh, honestly, she's probably my favorite Democrat in the primary race. She got gumption. I'll give her that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all know it's not going to go anywhere. And, and Hillary Clinton, well, she does, she refuses to get served, and it doesn't well, really matter because it, it, well, it, it doesn't really matter because the judge is going to throw it out before they before the the lawyers go to court. Even yeah, it, it'll be done as soon as they have the initial hearing. It's going to be bye bye birdie. Yeah. I have something to say. So, I have something to say about it. Two things. One, what attorney that is any good at all that's a decent attorney would not tell Gabbard this is pointless and not know the law? So that being said, I agree with Mark. I heard um, she put out a statement, a very strong statement to Clinton about the fact that she is tired of being after having been a part of the military she's tired of the clinton 
a mob, more or less, for the lack of a better term, um, controlling the Democrat Party. And, and her message to Hillary was for her and her crew to back away that the best thing they could do for the Democrat Party is to get out of it and to leave it, leave it be to the, the younger people that are coming up and coming. That was well, her message. So I, that, that's I, part I'm of glad the, she did what she did. That's She's part right. of the message, and, and, and I, do, I do believe that, that she's trying to send a message. But here's where there's a problem, and this is going to come up later in the program. But something I want you guys to go look. I'd like for you to go while, you're, while we're moving through the next topic, and I would like for you to pull up a before picture of Hillary Clinton two years ago and pull up a recent picture of her. And I don't want anybody to say anything. I just want you to, to pull up the pictures, and I want you to look at them, and I want you to have them there in front of you because we're going to talk about some surprising things that we're about to see in the next couple of months. But while we're doing that, we're going to roll into our next topic. And Barbara sent me a message earlier today, and she asked that we talk about the Hawkeye Cockeye how the Hawkeye Cockeye is done, who, you know, who decides what, when, where, why, and how. And so that told me that Barbara had researched the Hawkeye Cockeye, and she wanted five well, minutes. Well, I did. <laughs> and so well, I did. Um, caucus, caucuses are not my favorite way to do business. I've never liked caucuses because anybody can vote for caucus, and it's basically who has yeah. the most people in a room. Okay, right. and I don't. Uh, I've never liked the caucus format, um, which is why that you caucuses any state that caucuses a you don't take seriously. Okay, because it will be stacked for whomever the establishment uh, wants. Okay, now with the Hawkeye now, Caucus, Barbara. I will give you your moment. Let me finish my monologue. If you keep interrupting me, I will mute you. I'm sorry. With caucuses, the problem that you have is that it is a, it's a show of who can shove your people to the caucus. And in Iowa especially, there are people that will vote in multiple caucus sessions. It's happened. It's happened since they started the caucus process. Okay, so caucuses, after Barbara explains to you the history of the Hawkeye Caucus, because she's chomping at the bit to do so, um, then I will explain to you why they're totally worthless and nobody that ever wins the damn caucuses wins the presidency in general terms. Barbara, the floor is yours. Um. I found out some very interesting statistics that I did not know. Um, they can be, these caucuses can be held virtually anywhere. A home, bathroom, gymnasium, library. Uh. Most and, are held in homes in Iowa. Right, right. But they just gave an example that, you know. Um, and of course, it incapacitates, incapacitates, 
1,678 precincts, and they would determine 11,402 delegates. Out of that number, only 41 will go to the National Convention in July. And to hold on to the delegates, you know, the uh, campaigns will, you know, do anything and everything <clears throat> to keep them. But I feel that this is going to be a waste of time this time around because of how many there are. No, Tanny. Um, no, what I know. Um, it's going to be a real division here because if the candidate does not get 15% of the vote, they will get no delegates. So if Amy Klobuchar only gets 14, she's out of it. I understand she's only got nine percent or seven and nine percent um in Iowa. Uh Joe Biden well, and Sanders being the top dogs. Sanders and Biden will be Go your ahead. top two. Right. That's foregone. The rest of them and most of them know they can't win. Now, the only reason you come out of Iowa, the only reason you even go to Iowa or New Hampshire is fundraising. Okay? <laughs> if you can't, if you are low in the polls next to nobody, you spend all of your time in Iowa and New Hampshire. If you'll notice, that's where all the ones that are low in the polls, that's what they've been doing because Iowa and New Hampshire are your retail politics spots. Okay? And what I mean by retail politics is literally in in Iowa, for example, um, presidential candidates will go to the dump, literally go to the dump and spend days at these convenience centers or dumps, as they're called, and greet people as they're bringing their trash in. They'll help them unload their trash and throw it away because that's the kind of politics that people in Iowa expect. They go to your homes. They go to the pancake, pancake houses and have pancake breakfast. Every bit of politics in Iowa and New Hampshire are retail politics, door-to-door, grinded-out politics. Um, those are your top two states. For that. But Iowa is number one in the nation for that. And that is why, yeah, I was, kind of, I was always interesting because uh, the caucuses, A, your caucuses are, if you'll notice, in 2016, uh, or no, not 2016, I'm sorry, in 2008, if you'll notice, Hillary Clinton was winning all of the caucuses, and Obama was winning all the primaries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason that is is because a caucus can be stacked. I could right now pick up the phone, make some calls to multiple GOP people in Iowa, and Condoleezza Rice would be the winner of the Hawkeye caucus for the Republicans. Okay, and she ain't even on the ballot because we could stack the rooms with Condoleezza Rice people. We could offer yeah. them ten bucks and whatever, and then we stack the rooms. 
Okay, so aren't there three okay, rounds? Barbara. To go huh? Aren't there three rounds to go through? Um, there are. There's some, this year will be extra confusing because of uh, they will release three different results: the statewide preference after the first preference after the second alignment, and the final state delegate equivalents or SDEs. Now, which one? They can? are the estimated number of delegates each candidate would get to a congressional district. Now, there's. I hope there's nobody here that puts a ton of stock in the Hawkeye Cockeye. No, I don't. <clears throat> the the only thing that the Iowa Caucus is good for is fundraising, and I will take you back to. Uh, Iowa when, oh, what's her name? Minnesota. She represented oh, the district sorry. of Minnesota. Huh? Omar. Nope. She's Omar. very conservative. Very conservative. Um, oh. oh, shoot. Oh. oh Michelle, um, Michelle Bachman. Um, yeah. Michelle Bachman. That's it. Bachman. Michelle Bachman. Yeah. <laughs> If you think about it, look at how she came out of Iowa. She won the Iowa caucus, okay, but flamed out. So Iowa's <laughs> not very – they're not known for picking <laughs> picking the winners. Neither is New Hampshire. Um, that's why most yeah, people – a lot of people – go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm going to hear what you said. That's why you see a lot of people skip it. For example, Michael Bloomberg. Okay. Now listen, this dumb SOB has no opportunity whatsoever to win. And after this Super Bowl ad runs on Sunday, he's done. You can stick a fork in him, he will be through. Okay, he spent ten million dollars on a political ad that's gonna run on Sunday wow. where he's lying through his damn teeth about guns. However, a and, and this is another, well, we'll come to that in another topic, but most people skip Iowa and New Hampshire, okay? A lot of people skip it. They may skip one or they may skip the other. They may skip both. It's really not a factor. Bush skipped one but went to the other. Reagan uh, skipped both the first go-round. Uh, Reagan really focused on South Carolina and started rolling the table from there, which you're going to see a lot of people do. Now, since Super Tuesday's been moved and everything's now on, like, March the 3rd, everybody goes and votes in March. So if you don't have your voter registration stuff updated, get it updated by February the 3rd. That is the last day in most states to get it updated. Okay? Mm -hmm. In southern states that have voter ID laws, you will be turned away if your stuff does not match. Yeah, so that is Monday. <laughs> Okay, make it match. By the way, I have an announcement. You're pregnant? I am going to put my hat in the ring to be a delegate in the state of Indiana for the state. Oh, you're going to be a delegate for Trump? <laughs> for the state of Indiana. To represent at the convention, right? Uh, yes, the state convention. I'm not. I don't know about the national convention. We'll see. Well, 
congratulations. We hope you uh, we hope you do well. Yeah. Um, any more? Got to start somewhere. I'm gearing up for 2024. <laughs> oh boy! You gonna do run for Congress? No, I'd like to go to the national convention in uh, 2024. I got you. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. What's 2024? That's that's when Ivanka will be the Republican nominee. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, I I don't doubt it. It won't. Do not be, doubt it. It her, won't be Ted Cruz. Her numbers, her numbers. I don't know. Ted Cruz is indicated. No, that, her uh, brother. She's too socialist. She's a socialist. She's a liberal. Anyway. A liberal what? Well, talk about nepotism, you know. I mean, I, it just the family stuff needs to end. I think Junior I, I, would be fantastic. I think he would do okay, but her numbers, her numbers are really great internally. All right, so before we get too wrapped up in that, I will say this. I did hear grumblings last week that Senator Cruz has very quietly, very quietly um, advise some of his donors that they can expect some announcements in 2021. So that would be quite interesting to see. If he ran, I mean, as long as Trump gives him his nod, I think he has a good chance of it. So, And part of the backroom deal I'd say they made during the first election was that if Cruz wanted to run, he would nod him or that he would name Cruz to the Supreme Court, which is still a good possibility that Cruz goes to the Supremes. I'm not arguing that. Right. And at this point, how he handled this whole impeachment saga, I don't know if anybody else has logged into his um, podcast, but it was tremendous throughout. I thought he did quite, I thought he did quite well, and I think that... Uh, that Trump would reward him with a Supreme Court nomination if that's what he wants. He would get it. The Senate would vote for him. Oh, um, I know. So, so, any more on the Hawkeye, Hawkeye Barber? No. I was just going to say, didn't, didn't Obama lose in Iowa? Yes, because it was a caucus. He lost all the caucuses. Right. Right. I thought... <clears throat> Caucuses are are not true representative of, well, let's back up, okay? Everybody thinks they've got a right to choose during a presidential primary. And really and truly, your vote don't mean squat in a presidential primary. It don't. Um, I know people like to think it does, but it really don't. What matters in a presidential primary is what the parties want and what their conventions want. Um, for example, Abraham Lincoln wasn't even on the damn ballot. Okay. Yeah. And he was chosen in the third round of the voting of the convention. Now, having said that, let's roll into the Democratic convention headed to Milwaukee. Okay. So let's talk. If we about have to. Well, you mean the one where Hillary gets the nomination? So, did anybody go pull up a then and now photo of Hillary? 
Yeah, she was like Palpatine from the new Star Wars. <laughs> yes, I did, and it looks like a severe case of Botox uh, poisoning. She has had plastic surgery. Yeah. She has also yeah. slammed it down. She has had four different medical examinations in the past six months, all of them uh, using the government's doctors, which she normally doesn't do. So if anybody was listening to the news at all this past week, you heard that Clinton's buddies were named to run the convention. Mm -hmm. Now, What does all of this mean? This means round three of voting at the convention. So let me explain to you what's going to happen. Did anybody get a vote count, get a number of how many people showed up to the Democratic uh, event that was held in Des Moines the same night as President Trump? I couldn't find anything. Nobody knows. I don't know. I don't either. I tried to find out. I didn't see anything, so I thought maybe you guys might be able to find it. So, the, are you talking about the people that you met for two or the other one? The Democratic one. Yeah, nobody looks at that stuff. Uh, I thought that they had individual know? things. Well, I thought they had individual type things while he had his round scheduled an event and there were so few people showed up that they made it a round table event As a matter of fact oh. you heard Trump oh. reference it are you serious you, hold, you heard trump reference that the crowd was so small they pulled up a table and everybody sat around the table bernie's event are bringing out two, three, four hundred people at a pop. Yeah. Okay. And I will tell you that it will surprise me if Bernie's not the nominee as far as going into the convention if Bernie's not the one to go. Now, he better get prepared because he ain't coming out of the convention as the nominee. No. But going into it, he he's probably going to be the nominee. Unless Sleepy Joe pulls it out or another Democrat rises up, which I fully suspect that that's exactly what Hillary Clinton's doing, is that she's preparing mm-hmm. to be the uh, the alternate choice at the convention. Because if you listen to our comments the past few weeks, I'd like another swing at Donald Trump. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I can I'm win Trump, again. Okay. If I'm at Trump's, if I'm Trump's team, I'm saying bring her on. Yeah. If I'm Trump's team, there's one person I'm not wanting to go against, and that whole bunch. Oh yeah. And just because of the the odd factor of what it would mean. Oh yeah, she's had her eyes done. Yeah. Who would that be that you wouldn't want him to go out to go against? Bernie Sanders. Bernie is Bernie is a wild card because the thing yeah. that you can't predict is that voting demographic is <laughs> eight thirty five. 
are where most of his support is. How do they show up? Generally, they don't show up, okay, in elections. But I have seen them show up. So that's a demographic that we don't know. Okay, we don't know how that would proceed. Would he beat Trump? Probably not. That's like butt gauge. Butt gauge can't beat Trump, not because, you know, he's anything other than 35. If he was or 37, I think he's 37, um, because he's young. Nobody that's older than him is going to vote for him to be president of the United States. They're just not going to do it. So that wipes out every Democrat. I wouldn't vote for the SOB for more reasons than just the fact that he's 37. But I wouldn't vote for him. So the Democratic convention is going to be interesting. The Republican convention is going to be a thank you fest. They're going to be introducing some new people that are going to unseat these Democrats. I promise you, after what I saw and heard this past week, Congress is going to flip. And Congress will probably flip more than it did in 1993. Put it in your mm-hmm. handbook. It's coming. Okay? And I'm going to tell you. What do you mean? You think it's going to go all red? Oh, I think it's going to go so red that it's not even funny. Yeah. I think the Senate, I think the Senate is going to go redder than it already is. I hope so. I really do. Because you know what? I think the whole thing with the impeachment was A, to go after Trump, but B, to go after the Senate. It is to go after the Senate. And I think you're going to see see some votes that reflect that. You're going to see Manchin. I sure hope so. Mine will. Uh Manchin will vote to acquit the president. He will not vote to convict the president. Okay? You will not see... Your senators, there's a Democratic senator in South Carolina. Is it South Carolina? Where's the Democrat? Wherever there's a Democrat senator in the South, like Alabama, he will not vote to convict the president. He will not. Okay? Now, granted, he's going to be a one-term and done, but he will not because uh, Jeff Sessions or Tommy Tuberville will beat his ass in the general. Because you might be slack-eyed more, but you're not going to beat those two. So. Well, I think it's time. I think it's high time just between us, and if this is ever anywhere out on the public airwaves, I think it's time that these Democrat politicians start putting the leftists in their place. The radical, we want to be socialist leftists, like Elizabeth Warren. You know, she her she took a did a political question in in the question questioning session that took a shot at the bench at the judicial branch, yeah. and that really ticked me off. That was that was a move to try and get him to vote for witnesses if there was a tie. That I was, know that was purely, but she torpedoed her candidacy with that. Not only did the mayor oh, yeah. for all. But she's she hurt herself with that stupid question. Okay, um, in the Senate, the biggest the biggest losers in the Senate, individual wise, are Elizabeth Warren. Schumer. You'll, you'll notice Bernie Sanders kept his mouth shut. 
Yep, Schumer. He didn't have a lot to say. Chuck Schumer? Chuck Schumer is a buffoon. Okay. Yep. Uh, Kamala Harris? I could not. Yep. I, I, I was speechless after they took that vote for no witnesses. Here comes Chucky Schumer. I want to include an amendment to subpoena John R. Bolton. Honey, they just took a vote. They're going to be no witnesses. Well, of course he, he wanted it. Listen, there, there's going to be more procedural moves. That's why the vote's not till Wednesday. They know what's coming. It's it's all. Speaking of procedural moves, did you hear the Democrat Party got rid of the quota, the the money quota, so that it could open more people to be on stage, and Bloomberg's going to be able to be on the debate stage? And I, I, poor, I feel so bad for Kamala Harris and Booker. <laughs> Well, the biggest because they're already out of it. <laughs> but but this is the problem. Bloomberg didn't need it open for him to be on the stage. Bloomberg, all he had to do was donate, have his family donate the money to his campaign. Okay, well maybe that's the case. But the DNC apparently felt it was necessary, for politically speaking, to. And I don't know why. I think it's stupid for them to have made I'll, that I'll move. Tell you because, why. like I said, you've got because Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, two people of color that have walked, you know, gotten out of the race. And then there's that blonde chick. I forget her name. I can never think of her name. Um, that got out of it. You know, a number of them have, and because they couldn't meet the, re- the financial requirements to be on stage, and now they're going to just well, remove it. Well, here's why. Because. <laughs> Big money people, big money people have said that, you know, they're going to stop giving to the Democratic Party if they don't become more inclusive of their candidates. But more importantly, and this is the only thing that I think she has done right, AOC. (laughs) AOC is is refusing to fork over $250,000, which every... Democrat in elected office and the federal government is required to do to the DCCC, okay? And she's basically said, no, why would I want to give my money for you to, you know, I plan on prime, I plan on having people primary your people. Now, AOC is a one and done, okay? She's going to get beat, and she's going to, she's going to get spanked. She ain't just going to get beat. She's going to get spanked. Um, so is Omar, uh, which is why she's been running out here. But the one thing that they did highlight is the fact that this party requires you to give this money. Now, the RCCC has a suggestion for you to give money. They don't require it. It's not part of the dues process. But they do, you know, they kind of want some cash, too. Um, the Democratic Party's in a lot of trouble right now. Pelosi knows she's done. Pelosi knows she's through. She's finished. Okay? She knows that the House is gone. She knew it the minute she sent those impeachment articles to the Senate that it was gone. But they're falling on the sword, hoping that they get a Democrat president. That's what they're banking on, is a Democrat president. Or losing some seats in the Senate. But I'm going to tell you, if anybody was looking at the internal numbers um, 
at this impeachment process across various demographics in this country, the Democrats are in trouble everywhere. They're in trouble. They're in trouble in Virginia. Uh They're in trouble in North Carolina. They're in trouble in South Carolina. They're in trouble in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Washington, Oregon. Okay? And the 2020 census ain't going to help them much either because you're going to find that Democrat areas are going to be losing population. What is that? Yep. They lose representatives. Yep. Okay? Because our population, you know. I'd like nothing better than to find out that Kamala Harris and um, Shifty Schiff uh, that their districts were that there there was no gonna not going to be any incumbent. Well, but they were just done. Is, That's what I'd love to find out. The problem in California is going to be that they're going to have to lose five, six, seven seats for it to make a huge difference. And I don't know that they've lost that much population. Um, if they have, then there you go. But the federal government. Uh, The attorney general's office has opened an investigation into California allowing illegals to vote because Mm, it is believed believed that 18 of the Republican seats that flipped in California was done solely through illegal voting. If if the state wants to allow illegals to vote in state and local elections, they have the right to do that. They cannot, however, vote in a federal election per the Constitution. Something else we need to look at. Go ahead, Mark. Something else to look look at is how many of these states have their state house and their governorships up for grabs come November? And if that – there's a lot of states that – the House, the, the, the chambers of uh, legislature can turn Republican or already Republican, and you have a Republican governor who wins. It's like the coattail effect. The people are going to go out and they're going to go vote for president. And if they can, if those uh, statewide offices could hold it together and uh, do the um, do the coattail thing with with, with Trump. You're going to look at a lot of state houses that if they gain uh, congressional seats or if they lose congressional seats, you're going to have Republican legislatures who are going to be redistricting those those uh, those states. That's exactly right. Look at Iowa, for example, the, the lady governor there, okay? Look at what she's done. Okay, she has... She's the first woman governor in Iowa, first woman Republican governor in Iowa. Uh, And she has really, you know, she stood with the president during the whole China trade thing. The Democrats went up there trying to show the plight of farmers and talk to farmers and make farmers say, you know, life sucks. Trump needs to not do these tariffs. But everybody they talk to is like, you know what? Yeah, it's tough. It hurts. But this should have been done 20 years ago. And, you know, we're going to stick it out and see where he goes. Well, uh, Fox Business and CNN announced today that the windfall, one of the largest windfalls from the 
USMCA and the Japan trade deal and the China trade deal is that it almost triples the number of exports in agriculture, and Iowa leads the way on that. Okay, so look at what that's done. Plus, as of midnight last night, guess who's no longer in the EU? Britain. Great Britain. Guess who now can, guess who now can directly uh, negotiate with us for a trade deal that will greatly benefit the, the United States and Great yeah. Britain? And other countries in the EU have signaled since Great Britain did it, they're now thinking about playing yep. skip it. Yep. And so the one more world the one world order efforts are beginning to topple, thankfully. They're not. They they will resurface. Just not I know they'll it resurface. Be, it'll be the office of the EU, but it'll be a totally different makeup than what it is now. Sure, they'll go back underground like they were before. Barbara, did you have a point you wanted to make? Yeah, I I was just going to say that I read there Pennsylvania has had an upsurge, tremendous upsurge in Republican uh, registered voters. Good. Wisconsin has... um, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, even New York. But now, something to keep in mind about New York, and I've always found this quite fascinating about New York, is that, you know, the majority of New York is actually Republican. The only two spots in the state of New York that's not Republican is New York York City proper and Albany. Other than that, Southern New Ooh. York, Western New York, up into oh, wow, up sense. into the north, up into the northern Panhandle, those are all Republican strongholds. Okay. What about Staten and, Island? Um, Staten Island is considered New York City proper. So, oh, okay. What about Long Island? Um, Long Island too Same. falls under the boroughs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, now, here's a problem that Michael Bloomberg has. Michael Bloomberg needs New York in his strategy, and Bloomberg will not win New York City. Okay? They cannot stand in New York City. Okay? So Well, guess what? Not- I can't stand him in Indiana. <laughs> Well, neither can I. But we're looking at we're looking at this solely from a solely from a political perspective. Okay. Well, what do you think the how Bloomberg will do in Illinois? Let's check it. Well, I think he'll I think he'll win Illinois. Really? Yeah. I think he'll I think he'll win. Oh, I, I think he'll well. Let me refer to this. He's he's not going to win Illinois. Most likely, Joe Biden's going to win Illinois. Yeah. Um, if 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 I had to lay it out, Super Tuesday, Michael Bloomberg's done. Yeah, but okay. did you hear this? Did you hear about um, Biden saying something about 
needing a strong vice president because he's an old man. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, well, that's, that's uh, what he said. I'm not making it up. It was out there online. And I read an article today that said, "Is Hillary Clinton dying for vice president?" Which is exactly what um, happened last week. Right. It wouldn't surprise me. If if everything works out where Joe is the nominee, if if Joe ends up being the nominee, then she's the veep. Oh jeez. And Joe's gonna be the first president to commit suicide in office. <laughs> yeah. Down with poor Jill Biden. <laughs> Afterwards, all the news media is going to be attacking the Secret Service because they let because they let Joe Biden commit suicide. So there's going to be congressional investigations because uh, do we still need the Secret Service if they can't protect the president in the in his own house? Please, so Mark, don't don't, don't give the Democrats. There'll be real complications from plastic surgery. <laughs> also, they're gonna they're gonna bring in the Secretary of Treasury, who's gonna like why did y'all let why did y'all let the Secret Service let the President commit suicide? And all that time, President Hillary Clinton will be uh, selling nuclear weapons to Russia. Yeah, for sure. And doing everything she can to turn turn over the uh, Second Amendment. What's the case? And, and, the, and, and of course, uh, Trump will be indicted. By, by, <laughs> Trump will be indicted by the AG, who is Adam Schiff. <laughs> Trump will be jail forever. She'll be having drop-in abortion clinics. Oh please, you got to stop, Mark. Quit giving them ideas. <laughs> She's actually going to have an abortion clinic in the east wing of the White House. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Stop. Oh, oh God. And then she'll kill divorce, Bill. Uh. All right. So we're entered that part of but the I program. But I did read that. We, we've entered that part of the program where... You all get to talk about whatever topics I didn't know. Where we, where we can all blow off steam? <laughs> yeah. So, I will. Oh, the video. The, the video where you were going to talk about um, when uh, Justice Roberts said, you know, the last question goes to the Democrats. I think it was Mark Meadows said he didn't see has never seen Jerry Nadler move that fast in his whole life. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. I did find that kind of funny that Nadler cut Schiff right off. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. So, so did the senators. So did the senators. If you if you listen to verdict on Friday night, the one they recorded for January thirty. It was Lindsey Graham and Senator Cruz together with the with the guy that hosted it, and it was they were cracking jokes. It was hysterical. You got to listen to it if you haven't heard it. Uh, it's called Verdict by Ted with Ted Cruz. <laughs> All right. So 
Tammy, you're up first on the topics I didn't cover that you want to cover. I'm up first? Oh, my God. Well, I'm using the question and answer. Uh, how much stuff can you put in a suitcase? And will it be enough clothes? And should I go ahead and download Uber or Lyft um, on my phone? How should I get from the airport to my hotel? <laughs> I'd get a cab. Wait a minute. Most of them have a shuttle to the hotels. What hotel are you staying um, at? The Marquis Marriott. No, I'm sure they, they probably have a shuttle. You, you should call the Marquis and ask them about their airport what, shuttle. What airport are you flying into? Reagan. Reagan. Then they'll have a shuttle yeah. that goes there. Yeah. They'll have a shuttle. So call Well, there's a, bunch, there's a bunch of us going. So now... I got I got me a little uh, side body pole. I'm leaving all my bullets and my guns. I've already got them stowed away. So I got a little side body with just the money and my ID and my phone in it. So how can I get to where they're doing these impeachment hearings? Because <laughs> I'm going to hide some free you time. Can't. You can't. You're not. I mean, you'd have to go into the Senate building. You can go to Lamar. You can go to Lamar's office and see if you can get up in the gallery. When are you going to be there? Um, we're going to be in Lamar's. All the senators and the congressmen all day Tuesday. Then I'm meeting by myself um, Wednesday morning with Mark Green. Listen to me. When you yeah. go into his office, when you go to his office, tell him that you're interested in being in the galley for the vote in the Senate, you'll have to have an escort from the senator's office, but they'll take you in there, and you'll be in the gallery. Nobody's when, really been they, But they'll the, do it the when the gallery's like, been empty. The I, think I, the I think they gavel in at one. They are allowed, but the public's not really been interested. After day one, nobody really gave a crap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, my flight's out at like five that afternoon, so I'll probably be boogieing toward the airport about three, don't you think? Um, <laughs> yeah, you might as well forget being able to go in there because I don't think they're gabbling in until one. Yeah. I yeah. thought they were starting earlier, like at 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, if they keep with what they've been doing, they're gabbling in at one o'clock. Well, yeah, I know, they, but they're, they're not. They're, Monday is, is scheduled for 10 a.m. I'm talking about Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I know. Wednesday. Well, that's I'm not what you saw. I'm going in tomorrow morning. I'm going in tomorrow tomorrow morning, so I'll have from ten tomorrow until about two to get to the hotel and do whatever I want to do. Did you find Being you from- a uh, did you find you a watch party? I that I haven't yet. That I haven't. Because there are absolutely no tickets whatsoever. None, zip, zero, zilch, nada. They're all out. So why are you why are you going into D.C.? I'm going D.C. to D.C. to represent my county for the um, National School Board Association School Board Member Week or something like that. So we're going to the schools to talk about 
teacher recruitment, the IDEA, school, safe schools, and something else. I can't remember what the other one is. Okay. Isn't CPAC this week, too? It might be. I think all of them. Did you hear they rescinded um, Romney's invitation? I did. Good. Good. From where? From CPAC? From CPAC. Oh, good. That makes me happy. That and you know what? I, I, I don't, what got into him? Because, you know, what, what has he got to gain? By doing what he did, I mean, he, he can't possibly be so inept that he does not understand how unconstitutional that was. He's just sanctimonious. Well, I guess. He wants attention. He wants attention. And no, he does not get along with Trump. But he asked Trump to endorse him when he was running for senator. Trump did. Romney won. And this is the thanks he gets. Really? Because, you know, I don't understand it. I still don't, like I said, I don't understand it because, I mean, I, I got it on, in, from the context of the fact that he was looking at Romney, Trump was looking at Romney as a cabinet member, interviewed him for a cabinet position, but didn't, didn't give it to him. And then, right. he, then Romney, of course, ran for Senate, and Trump got behind him and gave him his endorsement and all that, which is great. But... You know, I, that's the only thing I could think of that would be, because there's nothing reasonable the way this whole thing played out in court for him to have done that. If he had any knowledge, real knowledge of the Constitution, he should have known better than to vote for witnesses. Oh, he's just, he's still butthurt because he didn't win the presidency. Well, if somebody's voting for that kind of reason, he doesn't belong in the Senate. Okay, so Barbara, you're up with your final thoughts and any topics that I did not discuss. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, why are we waiting till Wednesday? Why did they not take the vote on Friday night? Uh, because of all kinds of motions that are going to come out. There's going to be a bunch of motions, and and um, it has a lot to do with the impeachment, or excuse me, with the State of the Union. And the fact that isn't Iowa's Monday. Yes. Uh, it's optics. Yeah. I just thought that was really strange. Well, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be strange when he walks in there Tuesday night and gives this big speech in front of Nancy Pelosi and all of them, and the next day is a vote. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, well, pretty well while they're doing it. Will she, will she still be reading the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, Obamacare documents like she did last year? <laughs> Okay, so yesterday, so yesterday, I asked Amanda to be kind of looking in in one ads and whatnot for for jobs for me, and so I get one just now from Amanda. It says recruiter, full time, seventeen to twenty three dollars an hour, Washington County Democrats in Fayetteville, Arkansas. <laughs> Oh, 
Maybe you may respond to a diehard Democrat or a diehard Republican, okay, conservative Republican, going to work for the Democratic Party. Hmm. <laughs> I'll take I'll take their money and do no recruiting. I was going to say you could be an insider and get get all kinds of information. <laughs> be a mole. You could be a mole. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They'll check his bona fides. <laughs> they yeah. Wouldn't they? The only, the only yes. Democrats you're going to find in Arkansas are probably in Little Rock and Fayetteville. Well, this this is in Fayetteville. Yeah. And and there's a few Democrats Funny. in Fort Smith, but not many. All right, Barbara, is that all? Thank you. All right. Moving on. Mark. First of all, I would like to um, say I think the Chiefs are going to win tomorrow because I am an old (laughs) – I'm a a big Saints fan, and the Saints were part of the NFC West back in the day, and I still can't stand the 49ers since that time. (laughs) So I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the second most racist uh, team name in the in the, uh, in the NFL, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, is that Indian Chiefs? At least it's not the Kansas City Squalls. Well, it could be the, the Kansas City Scalps, uh, but I digress. Also, and then uh, they, they well, face uh, the Redskins, so the Redskins would scalp the scalps. <laughs> pretty much. The their um, um the real thing I want to talk about is a man named Michael Moore. If y'all don't know Michael Moore, he's a um oh god he's a fat, disgusting individual li- uh, liberal that lives in California. Uh, he 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 is he, is, he Michael Moore is a film producer. A film director in such classics as The Blob, The Thing, um, yeah, The Blob, Stop The Thing, uh, Fahrenheit, something. Oh, we we I thought those were self-titled I, autobiography picks. My bad. I was going to say, who gives a rip? Well, anyway, Michael Moore is extremely upset with the fact that the DNC is um, letting Michael Bloomberg speak, uh, come on the debate stage, and how unfair it is that someone like Kamala Harris, she, she, she broke her knees for the, uh, for the cause, or, and, and, her, and, her, and her back, and poor Spartacus couldn't get on the stage. Spartacus. Julio Castro, who um, who has the IQ of wet putty, <laughs> but it, it was quite entertaining to see Michael Moore lose his his, his composure. Death. I'll say yeah. composure because I was going to curse there. <laughs> it was quite interesting, and and it's only a matter of time before the Democrats just need implode. Jackets. 
Yeah. Yes, actually, I am looking forward to November 4th, which is a Wednesday. Oh, me too. I, I'm going to have a big celebration November 4th, uh, probably after midnight when, that, when all the votes are counted. And Oh, I don't I think it'll like be midnight. I don't think it'll be midnight. I think this baby's over yeah, about well, 10 o'clock. That's when the alphabet networks are going to call it. They're going to call it about midnight. And Donald Trump won again. And, of course, the next day they're going to have the Russian collusion. And Maxine Waters is going to be yelling, Impeach 45, look what he did. <laughs> he won the presidency again with the help of no, Russia. He's he so illegitimate. Stop it. Impeach <laughs> 45. And you know that that senile bitch has the nerve to to, to say on CNN that she never uh, pushed for impeachment. She never did that. She wouldn't do that. She never said anything about impeaching the president. What? Impeach forty five. She denied it. Yes. yes. You didn't hear she about that? Not a time. Oh my she goodness! I must have missed time. that one. It's a good thing I missed it. You know, there's been very few times I've wanted to throw something or found myself yelling at the TV. But that would have done it. That would have done it. (laughs) Okay, so so here's what needs to happen. On election night when the House flips, and we'll know at about 9 o'clock if the House is going to flip. Okay, so when the House flips, and the presidency gets called about 10 o'clock. Mitch McConnell needs to immediately notify the Senate that they will be in recess until January the 3rd. Okay? All Republicans in the U.S. House need to refuse to step foot in the Capitol until January 1st. And be done, because I guarantee you the House will open up 10,000 investigations on November the 5th. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Adam Schiff is going to go. Adam Schiff will have his, his whistleblowers already ready. He Actually, Adam Schiff has already has, already has a plant in the, in the Trump campaign who heard, a, who heard from someone else that Trump had a personal phone call with Putin about how they were going to rig the election. That was uh, that was his other made-up story. He does see. This is what people are not listen. If you didn't see the very first hearing that the House had with the impeachment trial, where Adam Schiff came right out and said he gave his own narrative. Like, a, like he sounded like a mob boss when he was describing President Trump's call. Now, at the, at the minute he finished with that, he went on to tell his little saga story, but the media ran with it. I never in my life have ever heard the words dig up dirt on my political opponent as many times as I have in the last two months because that was his well, narrative. I want you to dig up dirt. I told you one time. I told you seven times, and I and you know and and at the very end of it, what really killed me was when he was like, 
Now, don't call me. If I want to speak to you again, I'll call you. I mean, he was the most disgusting, pathological piece of crap that I have ever seen in my life. And then I did yell at my television set that day. Because I had just the day oh, before no. read the, the whole narrative, the transcript of President's call. And I was mortified that this person is the chairman of that committee and he is coming across the American public that way. It was horrific. And, and that man should be forced to, re, to resign from that committee right now, right oh. now, or as soon as they oh. quit him. Hey, hey, Barbara Streisand thinks Adam would make a good president. Oh, dear God. Barbara Streisand is as clueless as the rest of the liberals. And I tell her there's no problem to her face. She's truthful and honest and, and, and really put the case forward that, you know, he's terrific. No, that's what makes him so sinister. He sat there and had the audacity to preach to the Senate about how important it was to find the truth. It was disgusting, the whole thing. Well, don't, don't you know that he has a podium in his house? So when his wife asks him the question, he goes straight to the podium, straightens his tie, buttons his coat, and speaks for three hours on absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, he, he talks for five minutes. And then he repeats the five. He repeats everything else oh, for a right. three hours that's and five minute intervals. That's right. That's right. You're right. But the fact is, he's a liar. He is pathological. He is part of the root of the problem that needs to get out of our federal government. And he's oh, just yeah. a part of it. There's others. I love how all the Democrats are in sync, and they became, they got in sync as soon as the whole thing about what well, we it there, it isn't a fair trial unless we have witnesses, and you heard that on every all of the, the television networks. You heard that from every senator in the world coming out. Every, every Democrat senator, we need. We need witnesses. But, of course, yeah. the, the House team goes, this is a, a clear case, an open and shut case. The evidence is, un, is overwhelming. It's undisputed. And the funny thing is, even if, even if Don Bolton said what he even if he came to the floor of the, of the Senate and said everything that they want him to say, there's still no crime there. Right. It still and wouldn't rise way, to the level of impeachment. That's why and, and they the way, did not have any witnesses. By the <laughs> way, I, I love how the New York Times did that, that we have an anonymous source oh. that says, that, and we don't know, but it says in the manuscript from John Bolton, that John Bolton's book that it says that this is what happened in the Oval Office in a meeting. Now, first of all, John Bolton can't say anything about this book because it's still being looked 
being vetted by the National Security Agency. It just so happens the person who 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 it was leaked. The person who does all that is Lieutenant Colonel Vidman's brother. And that was leaked. Oh, yeah. This kind of reminds me, do y'all remember in 2012, maybe it was 2011, for the Republican debates, they had a a debate with ABC News. One of the first questions that George Snuffleupagus asked was, about birth control and banning birth control. Ooh. And all of all of the candidates were like, "What the what, where the hell is this question coming from? We have no platform about banning birth control. We said nothing about banning birth control. A few days after that debate, there was a thing by the, the DNC and by the news outlets that they wanted to ban birth control and that this was going to be the year of the woman. Women's issues was going to be the forefront of this election. And how convenient, how really convenient that 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 question was asked at the Republican debate, which got them all shook up, really, because they didn't know where the the question was coming from. This seems like the same thing, where you have the Democrat-controlled media setting the narrative. And for the last week on those, on those, uh, those shows, you had, we need witnesses. Because it's not a fair trial of it. We don't have witnesses. And every person with a big D, a little D, even a medium-sized D, said the same thing for the last <laughs> week until at the, at the end it was unconstitutional. It was unholy. It was ungodly. It was a, a immoral justice. It was all of the most horrifying adjectives you could think of that, that Mitch McConnell, the evil turtle, Moscow Mitch was a miscarriage of justice, and of course we're going to have that for the for the next three days after this, until they finally say, you know what, he's acquitted. When the Republicans vote for any any, he's acquitted, and for the next month they're going to have, well he's a he wasn't acquitted because it wasn't a fair election, it wasn't a fair trial, and. It's going to have the grounds to impeach him again, which will happen probably in the summer. I would not doubt it if he gets impeached again. This time, they want to impeach him, so it looks really horrible when he's running for president. And at this point, the Democrats have nothing else to lose, so why not do it? Because they have everything to lose. Not according to them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that they'll do another one before the election. No, and, yeah, and they're if not Trump wins, yeah. if when Trump wins, they'll try it. They'll start it up again. That's why we have to flip the house. What's going to be really interesting is is Milwaukee at the for the convention because if what I think is going to happen and what I think Fabian thinks is going to happen happens. You know, it's going to make the 68 riots in Chicago look like a Tupperware party. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be bad. It is going to be bad. Yeah. The saving grace of that okay, um, Joe. I think Joe Biden okay. drops out the race probably after Super Tuesday. We'll see. Still staying it. 
depends um, on the super I delegates. Just I think he's going to watch South Carolina, and it's going to depend on how he does there. As long as he does, has a stronghold there, he's going to stay in it. Um, I did have one thing I wanted to say or a question I wanted to ask, because this was a question that was posed on, on Fox, I think, by one of their talking heads, um, that do you think there will be a black cloud over the um, State of the Union address, or do you think that Trump will come out with an attitude of that he has been vindicated? Do you think he'll be all business, or do you think he'll see if he's all business? And I'm going to get the con, I'm going to get the impression that it, there's a black cloud still until he's until he's acquitted on Wednesday, or oh no. Oh, okay. No. So you expect him to come out I, I there with these indicated? The, the State of the Union is not a political rally. Okay? And people don't want you to come into the State of the Union and make it a political rally. Um, I will tell you that this State of the Union is going to be a lot like the House of Commons. In Britain, <laughs> I suspect that there will be. I suspect that there'll be some booing from the Democrats and some stuff that's just not acceptable in the Senate. Um, I'm about willing to bet that there'll be some people that have to be removed uh, by the Secret <laughs> Service. Um, I know you they're expecting stuff. I know they were expecting some stuff because the Secret Service was already doing advance work yesterday at the Capitol. Uh-huh. And usually yeah. that's not the case at the Capitol. Uh, usually it's only about 24 hours out that they go over there because, you know, the Capitol Police um, do a pretty good job over there. Right. Believe it or not, that was one of the reasons they were short on tickets is they were heavily, heavily screening protesters. Yes. Okay, the other the other there question will. I had. Go ahead. Oh, maybe uh, maybe I'll throw Nancy out. Well, I'm sorry. I just didn't want. I didn't want to stop anybody from putting in their two cents. Go ahead, Jeff. Um, I was just going to say, do you think there will be an assassination attempt? Um, during the State of the Union, no. Not then. I'm thinking between now and I mean, if he's acquitted. Once he's acquitted, between now and the time that the election actually occurs, because you remember uh, how how difficult and disgusting his rallies became <laughs> the longer the season went on the, in 2016. Remember how it was yeah. when the, it was during the general. I I will tell it you was, this: Antifa Antifa is doing some crap in New York City. And yeah. generally, when they they test their craft one place to go do an actual run at another place. Um, having said that, I'm going to say this: there are assassination attempts on our presidents all the time. Not Pretty regular, yeah. You're never, you're never going to hear about. Right. Um, I I wish no president harm or danger, because no matter what political party you are with. When you go into that job, it is a hard, hard job, okay? 
Anybody yeah. that works in the White House in any one of those 138 rooms has a hard, hard job. Okay? No matter what their job is, it's a hard one. Okay? You deal with a lot of stress. You deal with your telephone ringing all the time, always a new set of problems. You never know where you're going to be in 24 hours, whether you're going to be on a plane, whether you're going to be, you know, where are you going to be? Now, having said all that, um, do I think they will try some very public and visible attempts? Yes. Um, do I think Do I think that the American people as a whole is going to participate in that? No. I think you're going to see some fringe groups. Um, the people that have to work in this country aren't going to be up there being stupid. And I'm going to tell you based on the polling data that I'm seeing over the past couple of months is that President Trump is riding high with the middle class. Okay? He is riding high all across the middle class. This 50-50 bullcrap is not true. Yeah, okay? I, I kind it of assumed that already. His numbers... That's, his that's numbers. about as true as the 75% of the Americans that wanted witnesses. <laughs> right. Yeah. Most people... Most people felt that this – now, I will tell you that the numbers of, of people wanting him impeached, uh, for the people they ask, have, have been about 55-45, you know, 55 against 45-4. Um, but when it comes down to is he doing a good job, is the economy – you know, people vote with their wallets. 95% of the time, the wallet gets the vote. And I'm going to tell you, Democrats have an uphill climb, no matter who it is. And uh, Donald Trump, you know, you can look at certain indicators. What are some of the indicators that tell you how an election is going to go? Indicator number one, fundraising. Okay. The Republican apparatus is kicking the Democrats' ass all over the place. Okay, the Democrats have $6 million of debt. Republicans have no debt and a war chest of almost $200 million. Okay? Um, what's another bellwether? Another bellwether. Go to swing states. Don't look in the south. Don't look in the Midwest. Don't look at the west. Don't look at the northeast. Go to your bellwethers. Pennsylvania, um, Wisconsin, Ohio, Florida. How are those numbers? What are the numbers? Trump's up in every state. Okay? And demographics, what are your numbers? With people above the age of 50, Trump's got them three to one. And the demographics of 18 to 35, whites, Trump wins. Blacks, the Democrat wins. But here's the surprising number. Of working class blacks and the ages of 45 up, Trump doesn't have them but he's almost at 50%, okay? That's a hell of a number to be sitting at. Legal Hispanics, wow. he, legal Hispanics he's well over 50%. Asians that are legal, wow. he's well over 50%. Women, he's at 52%. Uneducated women, and, and this is the one thing that I think really hacked me off when I heard a commentator the other day. I was listening to Breitbart News, and they were playing a commentator off CNN that said the people yeah. that support Trump tend to be uneducated, trailer park-type people. 
<laughs> Walmart deplorables. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you that um, I'm a Trump supporter. I will vote for Trump. Okay? And I am not uneducated trailer park trash, number one. And nobody on this call is. But the thing is, is that the mischaracterizations, and they're making the same mistakes that they made in 2016 when they started calling the election, was, okay, well, he's not going to get this, he's not going to get that, he's not going to do well here, he's not going to do that. I got news for you. In areas where people held their nose and voted for him four years ago, because if you think a lot of people did not stay home, you're crazy. Okay? If you think that evangelicals um, didn't turn out in droves, they didn't. But they will turn out in droves this time. I promise you, all the evangelicals sitting on the couch in 2016, the I think it was 48% that didn't go vote, you're going to see a big chunk of them vote this time. And it's all going to be Donald Trump. You're going to see, or you're going to see people staying home with the Democrats. They're going to be like, you know, what the hell? Or, or something I read today that some of the Democrats will cross over and vote for Trump. Well, in a primary, it's not necessary because he's not being well. He's being primaried by some little punk. But um, in the general, I think you're right. I think you're going to see a lot of those. You're going to see a lot of those what I call Jim Cooper Democrats cross over. Yeah. You'll see Jim Cooper Democrats cross over. And if you look at areas where Republicans are retiring, because I've had a lot of people say, well, a lot of Republicans are retiring. Yes, because they've handpicked the younger group to come up and follow them. The Republicans are taking every effort to show that they have a big tent. Okay? And which is why you're not hearing a lot from the gay community against Republicans right now. Because Republicans... Yeah, that, a lot, that brand is track, uh, the They started... The Republican Party decided to go on an educational task. And I've been preaching that for a long time. Guess what? There are more Republican gay voters than there are Democrat gay voters. Yeah. I have okay. several gay people on my Facebook that y'all, I mean, I don't know them, but they've been on my Facebook. I don't know them because they don't live here. Like that Shane Douglas, he's out of Florida, gay as can be. But he's phenomenal. If you don't follow him, you should follow him. He's phenomenal. Brandon Stratka, did you, did you, you all are familiar with the walkaway movement? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And on, on Instagram, there's a female. It's the gay who strayed. She, yeah. She puts 10 stories on a day about her daddy Trump. She loves him. La, 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 loves him. All right. So, fine. Well, just one more thing before we go. Is, um, I just found out on Facebook that I have been given an award a top fan badge for being Adam Schiff's biggest fan. 
<laughs> Barbara, have you ever heard any of the, um, seen any of, uh, I'm trying to think if it's Greg Gutfield. I think it's Greg Gutfield's show on Fox on Saturday night <laughs> when they do their yeah. whole thing with, with Adam Schiff. Yeah. There's a guy, the guy there's a guy that... that Yes, he, they rouge him up. He looks just like Adam Schiff. Yes, he looks. <laughs> Those are some of the funniest skits I think I've ever seen about Schiff. That is just, oh, my that's God. That's, that's is that his name, the guy? That. That he, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, been, he's been a comedian for us. He's, he he's been around uh, Hollywood for probably 25 years now. Well, he's a host on on there. <laughs> I've seen him before, just as a, a as a contributor of Fox. But he on on Gutfield, he does that skit, and and they do. Oh my God, they do some of the funniest things on there. It's just so hysterical. <laughs> hey, did y'all hear uh, this week that the woman that Trump allegedly raped in the mid 90s? Wants his yeah. DNA. Oh, yes, I did hear about that. Because oh, she still has the dress. From yeah, she years still has the dress from all those years. Yeah. And she wants to compare the samples. I don't Even if it were true, that evidence would be deteriorated by now, and there would not be enough for the sample. Forget about it. Yeah, this oh, is I just, you know, that's another thing, too. That's another thing, too. Um, there, on the last verdict that um, I listened to, which was last night's um, show, after they finished the vote and everything, I think they were um, having the show about 11-ish anyway. Um, they said that there's going to be another bombshell drop between now and the time, if not more than one, but at least another one between now and the time that they go to, to vote to acquit him. For what? Okay. Like what? Like what? Like, like with Fulton. Like what they put out with Fulton. It's just like with the, it's, it's a Kavanaugh ploy is what I call it now because they did the same thing with him they're going to pull another stunt of some sort between now and and the time that they actually go in to vote to acquit. Well, that they're going to pull something else out of their because, hat. Yeah, both of them better watch it because uh, his book really has not been cleared by the NSC. No, that's why he's. Well, I don't think I don't think Bolton is where, the way they're going to go. I think it's going to come from somewhere else. That's just a gut feeling I have. I don't know for sure, but, you know, um, they're going to try to pull something. Um, I would not be surprised if in the next few days there's a mass shooting somewhere. Yeah. And I, was, I wasn't going to bring this up, but somebody I know yesterday said, don't be surprised if there's a false flag event over the weekend because of yep. what, you, what you're having with the, uh, the trial. And I'm thinking that it will probably happen either tomorrow or Tuesday if if something like this happens. 
just to distract the people's attention from the State of the Union. Hmm. It will likely be Monday. Yeah. Well, I said between tomorrow and Tuesday. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I just know that they said before that before they do the vote to acquit is is the kind of the time frame they gave between Friday night and then uh, that there will be something else. Oh, Michael Avenatti will have to come out. Of- yeah, no kidding. Oh, oh, oh! Did you all hear? Did you all hear? Chuck Schumer tried to take Parnas to the to the um at, like as a guest and to listen to the impeachment hearing. He what? He tried. They tried to what? Chuck Schumer tried to take Parnas, the guy that's been invited. Okay, in with him as a guest into the gallery, and he was wearing his he was wearing a tether. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get him in because he couldn't go through with the electronic device. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, that came out on the podcast last night. I just can't believe some of the things these people, these Democrats do. I mean, anymore, anything that they do or say, it doesn't surprise me anymore. I just... It's like I throw my head, hands up in the air and they're like, oh, well, okay, so we have another lie we have to overcome. I mean, that's how I feel. Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows. What? He's introducing a bill into Congress. Mark Meadows, Congressman. Yeah. Mark Meadows. He's introducing a bill into Congress that from now on, either President Trump or future presidents, in order to have an impeachment, it must be bipartisan. Yeah, I, I heard that earlier, too. He you said we'll call it a Trump bill. You need a constitutional amendment. You can't change, you can't change Article 2 like that. Tell it again. I didn't hear what you said. They couldn't legislate something? No. Mark Meadows wants to introduce a bill into Congress that all future impeachments be bipartisan? Um, they already have to be bipartisan. That's a wasteless bill. It's a worthless bill and well, wasting our I time. Thought. Next. I thought, I thought that was Okay, but if it's a wasteful bill, then why do they put this one forward? Because it, it costs a lot of time and a lot of taxpayer dollars to go through this big Not circus. Really. Not to put a bill up, not to go to committees. Committees are paid whether they're looking at that bill or another one. And to be quite honest, no, no, not to put a bill up to go through the impeachment process. You said, listen, you said that that's already bipartisan. But they are okay. That's what the Constitution says, or that's been the precedent. Put it that way. But the point is, is that they did put it forth, (laughs) and it was partisan. Um, It was a totally a partisan impeachment. Well, let me let me explain to you why. Y'all have the right to be wrong. So let me explain. First, the House... I hate when you say that. It's the facts. Um, The House of Representatives was designed and is designed very much like the House of Commons, okay? In that, that is where the duking it out takes place, okay? The House... 
Okay, notice that the Constitution does not say the House has to have a two-thirds majority because an impeachment in itself is purely political. Look at Nixon. Look at Johnson. Look at Clinton. And look at Trump. On the House side of things, they are merely simple majorities. They are partisan. The opposite party is in control. They're going to try it. Then we move over to the Senate, the deliberative body. Okay? And the reason that the Constitution requires a two-thirds majority in a conviction is the fact that it is a purely political process. And here's the next part of it. It requires you to be bipartisan because you're going to have to have members of both parties in order to get to that 67 vote. Okay? There is no way around it. Okay? And I mean, you know, no offense to people, but the process is purely political. It's always been political. Uh, Johnson, Clinton, um, Nixon, it was all political. The problem was that Nixon, had he not resigned, would have been removed from office and lost his ability to be called president, would have lost all of his benefits, everything like that. So he chose to resign and keep full benefits, full pay, full everything. Mm-hmm. Okay? So but, I'm but, not – there's no need for this bill. It's purely stupid. It's a waste uh, of taxpayers' money and needs to move on. Okay, but here's what here's what, what here's what they said throughout the whole time this week in the trial, that the fact that the House has done this is setting a new precedent because there has never been a partisan impeachment that's come to the Senate floor. It's always well, been bipartisan, and it was not. So that's I guess the why reason. they're just kind of slamming that, slamming them down. But the point I, well, I guess it, I'm trying to make is they said it's going to set a new precedent that every time somebody runs where the House has got the opposite party, there's going to be an impeachment. Uh, they'll try. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to have Democrats. Democrats are going to lose, okay, in November. They're going to lose big. The American people are going to send a message. We want to pick our own damn leaders. Okay, Mm -hmm. exactly how it's going to be sent. That's the message that's going to ring through. Even if President Trump, by some miracle, manages to lose, the House is going Republican. Okay, there is that there would need to be something major happen. Yeah, I mean, okay. Second, that shitface got up there and said, we can't trust the voters to make a decision on who should be president. I know, I heard. They were trying to take him off the ballot. They that never got trying to remove him from office, but remove him from the ballot. Well, they can't remove him from the ballot. They don't uh, control who's on the ballot. The parties control It was written the in the Articles of Impeachment. I don't give a damn what's written in the Articles of Impeachment. They don't control who goes on the ballot. Simple as that. Okay? And if he was impeached, he could turn right back around, run for that same damn office in November, march right back into that White House, 
flip every one of them SOBs off and be right back where he was. <laughs> it's not a preclusion from keeping his office. Okay, simple. And the sooner that people that think they understand the Constitution begin to truly So what you're saying him, then is if they acquit him or if they or if they didn't acquit him and they removed him from office, you're saying that it would be perfectly acceptable for him to run again and win and march back in there again. You're yep. exactly right because they can't control. They cannot control that. He's already been impeached for those crimes for that term. That term's over. That doesn't preclude him yeah. from holding office. And there's a reason, mm-hmm. and, and there's an even bigger picture here, and that is there's a reason there's never been a successful conviction of an impeachment in U.S. history, okay? It was designed, this system, and even with the Trump impeachment, the Trump impeachment is, in fact, showing that the system works. As dysfunctional as the Democrats have made it seem, the, it has guaranteed that this has shown that the founding fathers knew what they were talking about. Well, I've not doubted that. I've not doubted that at all. But I didn't know. I, did, I thought that if someone was impeached and removed from office, you know, then that was that. Well, it never was never removed from office. He never left the White House, but he was impeached. No. No. Actually, his impeachment was rescinded. And he was given a letter of censure. Who was uh, that? Clinton? Yes. And most likely, I yeah. will tell you that before the House leaves um, for their their final session, when they have their lame duck session, um, I'm about willing to bet that the House will vote to censure President Trump. Can't beat him, so they'll vote to censure him. So that's a big yeah, what slap on the wrist. Who cares? Yeah, but if it but if it would me, I'd fight that shit in court. Oh yeah. So would I, I and he should. That's what what's the gonna, Democrats What's going to happen do. is uh, Trump's going to shove that censure so far up um, Nancy Pelosi's. You know what? It's going to knock her false teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to be funny because Nancy Pelosi is going to go down in history as the only Speaker of the House to serve one term, get her butt kicked, be out of power for 12 years, serve another term, get her butt kicked, and be out of power for longer than that. Yeah. Knock some cobwebs off of that, Nancy. She needs to go, period. That's that's what the Democrats, that was their big failure, one of their big failures. Because they had to have this right away. They had to rush it through before Christmas. You know, take it to court. Um, we don't have time. I, I will tell you that if they had if they had taken their time with this and done this right, they could have gotten it. Yeah. They yeah. would have they would have gotten it. Because he has done stuff that people could kind of shake their head at. Not that it would be wrong. Okay, but wait a minute, wait a minute. It not the quid totally, pro quo uh, deal. The quid the pro quid quo does quo, not rise to the level of impeachment. It doesn't. But there are other things. Unless that unless does. there's something that isn't it like with the whole situation with the Biden where it talks about it directly using the the office 
to benefit financially his son and actually doing presidential or vice presidential duties that would technically and using the aid and stuff to try to protect his son and, and his financial aspect. If they could tie the finances somehow to them, to him, then they can, then he's going to be in trouble. But outside of that, I don't guess well, that there's anything impeachable. What? I mean, he's, he's, he's got a severe code of Teflon now. Anything they throw at him now, it, it's over. They're going to be calling they, him they, Teflon Don. That's exactly Teflon right. Don. They, yeah, Teflon Don. He's got, yeah, he's got them by the short Well, I'm just, I, I hope, well, you know, Lindsey Graham said he was going to run with the Biden deal, and he's on the um, Intelligence Committee, and he's going, to, he's going to take it up. So I hope that they, uh, that he works with Giuliani and comes up with something because, and I'll tell you what, on Twitter, I'm going to plan on holding his feet to the fire and asking about it pretty frequently because I'm really, quite frankly, tired of politicians saying things and then not following up. And it seems to me, with everything Rudy Giuliani said he's got, there wouldn't be a whole lot of investigation necessary. Well, I think Rudy found some stuff, and I think that they don't want it out. I think that's what all a lot of this has to do with, because oh, yes. heads are going to roll, people in high places. Well, we already found out that um, what's his name, son is in, stepson was involved in it to the point of, you know, sending a, a, a an email stating it was um, John Kerry's stepson that said, wrote an email to their office and said they're not, that, you know, he had disassociated himself from that Devin Archer and Hunter Biden and Burisma, as soon as they got on the board of Burisma. So, you know, it just, they need to do something about all of this and get it figured out because I'm sorry, a million bucks a year, that's outrageous. I was born a million. Good law. Well, the point is, the point is, is that, is that taxpayer money? That's what we don't know. No. It probably was. It probably was. They gave it to them and then turned around and paid it to the Bidens. We gave it to them in aid and then they turned around and paid it to the Bidens. Well, here's a sad note. Wow. The former ambassador to Ukraine, Yak Dumrich, or whatever her name is, has resigned after 30 years. Okay. And you should I'm see... Trying to think of... you should... Yak what was her name? Ivanovich? Ivanovich, yeah. Ivanovich, yeah. yeah. You should have read the accolades that... What do you mean she resigned? She retired. I thought I thought that if you're talking about the one that testified in the House hearing, I thought she was fired. She was well, fired. She, was, she, was, she, she worked retired. with the State Department. She was with the State oh, Department. Oh, uh, that's right. She retired. She did she get was, another job. You're right. No, it was a collegiate job. Also, she got a job with a college. 
How can an ambassador like that, who's been a lifelong career veteran, be worth millions of dollars without being corrupt? Because he's, well, he's worth at least... Corrupt. What? Excuse me? Not, not everybody's corrupt. No, but it just smells funny. Well... I think all the liberals were were uh, piling on how wonderful she was, what a loss it was. It Trump was wrong to criticize her, and he had no right to fire her. Oh, it was disgusting. If anybody has has anybody watched Glenn Beck's um, chalk book thing or chalkboard thing about this? That this whole saga with the Chalupa and all those other people involved and Soros and all of them. Chalupa. Chalupa. Yeah, there was a there was a woman by the name of Chalupa who worked with Ukrainian people. She was at the I like extra. I like extra cheese on my Chalupas at Taco Bell. That's right. That's right. I like I like the cheese. Did you stop? She was she was hired to do the um, investigation on um, Manafort. Okay, looking into Manafort, and she, yeah. So there was there was interference with. They found out that she was tied in with that whole deal, and Yovanovitch was involved and. Somewhere along the line, an Obama administration was involved in Soros and just a number of them. So I just was curious if any of y'all had seen that, that he laid out. Okay. What I love is uh, Ambassador Gordita Samlin, who um, changed his testimony <laughs> because he certainly remembered after people got to him. Oh, yeah, he played both sides of the fence. So he's their only firsthand witness that talked to the president, that literally talked to the president and knew the president. And then he played both it's sides of the fence. Well, he it's all over on Wednesday. Yeah. I hope so. It won't be, though. I'll tell you what. I forget forget the guy's name. Who was the judge during the one day of trial that was for the Republicans? I wish I could remember. It's Turley. Turley, Judge Turley. He made the comment that that <laughs> that the president had not abused his power, but that Congress did. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. the House did. Congress didn't follow. Congress did not use good judgment. And what they're doing. All right, so I'm going to change this conversation. Um, I was sent an article, and I was told to read that article, and I have um, read part of it. I have not read it all. I'm going to read it on the program. So everybody sit back, get comfortable, and if you have a trash can close by, you probably should grab it. There can only be one winner emerging from this year's Super Bowl 54 showdown between the 
San Francisco 49ers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. But the biggest losers will be the hundreds of young girls and boys, some as young as nine years old, who will be bought and sold for sex during the course of the big game. Mm -hmm. It's common to refer to this evil practice, which has become the fastest growing business in organized crime and the second most lucrative commodity traded illegally after drugs and guns as child sex trafficking. But what we're really talking about is rape. Adults purchase children for sex at least 2.5 million times a year in the United States. It's just, it's not just young girls who are vulnerable to these predators either. According to a USA Today investigative report, boys make up about 36% of children caught up in the U.S. sex industry. About 60% are female and less than 5% are transgender males and females. Consider this. Every two minutes, a child is exploited in the sex industry. That's sick. In Georgia alone, it is estimated that 7,200 men, half of them in their 30s, seek to purchase sex with adolescent girls each month, averaging roughly 300 a day. On average, a child might be raped by 6,000 men during a five-year period. It is estimated that at least 100,000 children, girls and boys, are bought and sold for sex in the U.S. every year, with as many as 300,000 children in danger of being trafficked each year. Some of these children are forcefully abducted. Others are runaways, and still others are sold into the system by relatives and acquaintances. Child rape has become big business in America. This is an industry that revolves around cheap sex on the fly, with young girls and women who are sold to 50 men each day for $25 apiece, which their handlers make 150000 to 200000 per year per child. Just sick. This is not a problem found only in big cities. It's happening everywhere, right under our noses, in suburbs, cities, and towns across the nation. As Ernie Allen of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children points out, the only way not to find this in any American city is simply not to look. Don't fool yourselves into believing that this is merely a concern for lower-income communities or immigrants. It is not. It is, it is estimated that there are 100,000 to 150,000 underage child sex workers in the U.S. These girls aren't volunteering to be sex slaves. They're being lured, forced, trafficked into it. In most cases, they have no choice. Every transaction is rape. In order to avoid detection, in some cases aided and abetted by the police and catered to male buyers' demand for sex with different women, pimps and gangs and crime syndicates they work for have turned sex trafficking into a highly mobile enterprise with trafficked girls, boys, and women constantly being moved from city to city, state to state, and county to county. For instance, the Baltimore-Washington area, referred to as the circuit, with its I-95 corridor dotted with rest stops, bus stations, and truck stops, is a hub for the sex trade. No doubt about it, this is highly profitable, highly organized, and highly sophisticated sex trafficking business that operates in towns large and small, raking in upwards of $9.5 billion a year in the U.S. alone by abducting and selling young kids for sex. 
every year the girls being bought and sold gets younger and younger. The average age of those being trafficked is 13. Yet, as the head of a group that combats trafficking point out, let's think what the average means. That means there are children younger than 13. This means 8, 9, 10-year-olds. For every 10 women rescued, there are 50 to 100 more women who are bought in by trafficking. Unfortunately, they're not 18 to 20-year-olds anymore, noted a 25-year-old victim of trafficking. They're minors as young as 13 who are being trafficked. They're little girls. This is America's dirty little secret. But what or who is driving this evil appetite for young flesh? Who buys a child for sex? Otherwise, ordinary men from all walks of life. They could be your co-worker, doctor, pastor, or spouse, writes journalist Tim Swearens, who spent more than a year investigating the sex trade in America. Catholic and Protestant churches have been particularly singled out in recent years for harboring these sexual predators. Twenty years after the clergy sex abuse scandal rocked the Catholic Church, hundreds of sexual predators, priests, deacons, monks, and laypeople continue to be given work assignments in proximity to children. In many cases, the abuse continues unabated. Although much less publicized, the sex crimes within the Protestant Church have been no less egregious. For instance, a recent expose into the Southern Baptist Church leaders by the Houston Chronicle documents over 700 child sex victims who were molested, sent explicit photos or texts, exposed to porn, photographed nude, or repeatedly raped by young pastors. Some victims as young as three were molested or raped inside pastors' studies and Sunday school classrooms. Oh, my God. And then you have national sporting events, such as the Super Bowl, where traffickers have been caught selling minors, some as young as nine. Not even if the Super Bowl is exactly a windfall for sex traffickers, as some claims, it remains a lucrative source of income for the child sex trafficking industry and a draw for those who are willing to pay to rape young kids. According to criminal investigator Mark Chatterton, these buyers, the so-called ordinary men who drive the demand for sex with children, represent a cross-section of American society Every age, every race, every socioeconomic background, cops, teachers, corrections workers, pastors, etc. And then there are the extraordinary men, such as Jeffrey Epstein, the hedge fund billionaire, convicted serial pedophile, pedophile who was arrested on charges of molesting, raping, and sex trafficking dozens of young girls, only to die under unusual circumstances. It is believed that Epstein operated his own sex trafficking ring, not only for his personal pleasure, but also for the pleasure of friends and business associates. According to the Washington Post, several of the young women say they were offered to the rich and famous as sex partners at Epstein's parties. At various times, Epstein ferried his friends about on his private plane, nicknamed the Lolita Express. Men like Epstein and his cronies who belong to a powerful, wealthy, elite segment of society that operates according to their own rules free of accountability by taking advantage of a criminal justice system that panders to the powerful, the wealthy, and the elite. Bill, where did this appetite for young girls come from? Look around you. Young girls have been sexualized for years, now in music, billboards, television ads, and in clothing stores. Marketers have created a demand for young, flesh, and ready supply of over-sexualized children. You've got to be kidding me. 
Listen, as I read this article, it absolutely makes me so mad to even... I apologize. In a market that sells... In a market that sells... high heels for babies and thongs for tweens. It doesn't take a genius to see that sex, if not porn, has invaded our lives. Right, Jessica Bennett for Newsweek. Whether we welcome it or not, television brings it into our living rooms and the web brings it into our bedrooms. According to a 2000 survey study, excuse me, a 2000 study from the University of Alberta, as many as 90% of boys and 70% of girls aged 13 to 14 have access sexually explicit content at least once. That is what Bennett refers to as the pornification of a generation. Now, see, I would agree with that. In other words, the culture is grooming these young people to be preyed upon by sexual predators. Mm -hmm. Social media makes it all too easy. As one news center reported, finding girls is easy for pimps. They look on social networks. They and their assistants cruise malls, high schools, and middle schools. They pick them up at bus stops, on the trolley. Girl-to-girl recruitment sometimes happens. Foster homes and youth shelters have become prime targets. Rarely do these girls enter into prostitution voluntarily. Many started as runaways or throwaways, only to be snatched up by pimps or larger sex rings. Others persuaded to meet up with a stranger after interacting online through one of the many social networking sites find themselves quickly initiated into their new lives as sex slaves. This is me off. Debbie, a straight-A student who belonged to a close-knit Air Force family living in Phoenix. is an example of this trading of flesh. Debbie was 15 when she was snatched from her driveway by an acquaintance friend. Forced into a car, Debbie was bound and taken to an unknown location, held at gunpoint and raped by multiple men. She was then crammed into a small dog kennel and forced to eat dog biscuits. Debbie's captors advertised her services on Craigslist. Those who responded were often married with children, and the money that Debbie earned for sex was given to her kidnappers. The gang raping continued. After searching the apartment where Debbie was held captive, police finally found Debbie stuffed in a drawer under a bed. Her harrowing ordeal lasted for 40 days. While Debbie was fortunate enough to be rescued, others were not so lucky. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, nearly 800,000 children go missing every year. That is 2,185 per day. With the growing demand for sexual slavery and endless supply of girls and women who can be targeted for abduction, this is not a problem that's going away anytime soon. For those trafficked, it's a nightmare from beginning to end. I really want to beat this. The 
that's really making me mad. You have no idea. You know, it's terrible. Right. It's invaded DC. I believe it's invaded DCS. Um, I would. They're sending. They're sending way too many kids across state lines. Those being, those being sold for sex, have an average life expectancy. Get this. This is probably. Yeah, I, I can't believe this. An average life expectancy of seven years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you believe that? And those years are a living nightmare of endless rape, forced drugging, humiliation, degradation, threats, disease, pregnancies, abortions, miscarriages, torture, pain, and always the constant fear of being killed or worse having those you love hurt or kill. Peter Landis paints the full horrors of life for those victims of the sex trade in his New York Times article, The Girls Next Door. What? Andrea told me that she and the other children she was held with were frequently beaten to keep them off balance and obedient. Sometimes they were videotaped while being forced to have sex with adults or one another. Often, she said, she was asked to play roles, the therapist, patient, or the obedient daughter. Her cell of sex traffickers offered three age ranges for sex partners. Toddlers, age four, five to 12, and teens as well as what she called a damage group. In the damage group, they can hit you or do anything they want to, she explained. Though sex always hurts when you were little, it's always violent. Everything was much more painful once you were placed in the damage group. What Andrea Mm. described next shows just how depraved some portions of American society have become. They'd get you hungry, then to train you to have oral sex. They put honey on a man. For the littlest kids, you had to learn not to gag. Then they would push things in you so you would open up better. We learned responses, like if they wanted us to be sultry or sexy or scared. Most of them wanted you scared. When I got older, I teach the younger kids how to float away so things didn't hurt. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents at the Cyber Crime Center in Fairfax report that when it comes to sex, the appetites of many Americans have now changed. What was once considered abnormal is now the norm. These agents are tracking a clear spike in the demand for harder core pornography on the Internet. As one agent noted, we've become desensitized by the soft stuff, now we need a harder and harder hit. This trend is reflected by the treatment many of the girls receive at the hands of the drug traffickers and the men who purchase them. Rosario, a Mexican woman who had been trafficked to New York and held captive for a number of years, she said, in America, we had, quote, special jobs, oral sex, anal sex, often with many men. Sex is now more adventurous, harder. A common thread woven through most survivors' experience is being forced to go without sleep or food until they have met their sex quota 
of at least 40 men. One woman recounts how her trafficker made her lie face down on the floor when she was pregnant and then literally jumped on her back, forcing her to miscarry. Holly Austin Smith was abducted when she was 14 years old, raped, and then forced to prostitute herself. Her pimp, when brought to trial, was only made to serve a year in prison. Barbara was repeatedly sold between traffickers, abused, shot, stabbed, raped, kidnapped, trafficked, beaten, and jailed, all before she was 18 years old. I had a quota that I was supposed to fill every night, and if I didn't have that amount of money, I would get beat, thrown down the stairs. He beat me once with wire coat hangers, the kind you hang up clothes. He straightened it out, and my whole back was bleeding. As David McSwain recalls in a chilling piece for the Herald Tribune, in Oakland Park, an industrial Fort Lauderdale suburb, federal agents in 2011 encountered a brothel operated by a married couple. Inside the Boom Boom Room, as it was known, customers paid a fee and were given a condom and a timer and left alone with one of the brothel's eight teenagers, children as young as 13. A 16-year-old foster child testified that he acted as security, while a 17-year-old girl told a federal judge she was forced to have sex with as many as 20 men a night. Oh. One particular sex, one particular sex trafficking ring catered specifically to migrant workers employed seasonably on farms throughout the southeastern states especially the Carolinas and Georgia. Although it's a flourishing business in every state in the country, traffickers transport the women from farm to farm where migrant workers would line up outside shacks, as many as 30 at a time, to have sex with them before they were transported to yet another farm where the process would begin over again. The screwing evil is, for all intents and purposes, out in the open. Trafficked children are advertised on the Internet, transported on the interstate, and bought and sold in swanky hotels. Unfortunately, the government's war on sex trafficking, much like the government's war on terrorism, drugs, and crime, has become a perfect excuse for inflicting more police state tactics, blah, 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 while doing little to protect the children from sex predators. The end. I'm going to tell you. I have. As a pastor. Okay. I'm just going to lay it out there. Any pastor. Pastors are not perfect. We all falter. We all fail. We all make mistakes and carry our own crosses. But as a pastor, when you take advantage of the trust placed in you by a child, by the parent of said child or otherwise, you deserve not only to be defrocked, but you deserve the harshest punishment that can be placed upon you by the legal system. There is no reform for sexual criminals. Okay, uh-huh. I know a few that are sex offenders. Okay, I know a few. I grew up with a couple. Um, one of them molested a baby uh, rectally. He received hardly no time at all. Was let out. 
he hadn't been out for but a couple of days. And what did he do? He got access to an infant and did the same thing again. Okay. Now, comes back to, I have a wee bit of a problem with this. We all do. Okay. I know it's a problem. It's been a problem for years, unfortunately. Okay. Just the way it is. Been a problem. You know what caused it, don't you? Um, there's a lot of things that caused it. There's no one particular there there is absolutely no one particular thing that caused it. Well, when you allow the internet to go free and clear of any accountability whatsoever and the porn industry decides to take it over. There's your sign. That's all I'm going to say. Well, first of all, the internet doesn't need to be regulated. It was becoming it was becoming a bigger problem. The internet just made it easier. Sex trafficking has always been a problem. Okay. Um, I am going to say this. Um, Sex trafficking is a sick, sick crime. Okay, there are, <laughs> yeah, it's just a sick, sick crime. And it, it absolutely makes me angry. And I apologize, I get, but. I, I get mad uh, when I see these celebrities on Instagram. Or nothing at all, or next to nothing at all. And I comment to them, we don't need to see that kind of trash on the internet. Young girls well. then want to do it. They want to be like you, emulate you, and that's how they get raped. Just putting some clothes on. You want to get naked, go get naked in the bathroom. But we don't have to see it. That that just makes me crazy. Well, I'll tell you something. If it was one of my children, somebody would not be allowed to go to the next one. I'll just tell you that. Thank you. Well, listen, I I agree. I agree. Okay. That somebody ever hurts one of my kids, they're they're going to be in serious hurt. Okay, but one of the yeah, I, I'm just I'm curious as to why 
we're allowing. I just honestly believe that if we were to come, if we were to come down hard, on sex offenders, we could stop some of this. Well, President Trump's already assigned someone to sex trafficking. He just did that. Mm-hmm. I got a suggestion. You know, we got some old barns up here in Indiana that, that are kind of like leaning on the side and need to be toppled over. So what they ought to do is take the sex traffickers in there with a nail and nail their nads to the floor and give them a knife and then set the barn on fire. Okay. That's what they need to do to people that do that stuff. Well, no, according to I one witness, arrest the old knife will take care of it. Straighten it right out and slice it right off. Um, I'm almost to the point where I believe castration is too good for him. Um. Bobby Weinstein case, one of his accusers said that he has no testicles, totally. I did see that today. I don't know that I believe that, but I did see it. Right. That was quite interesting. What you've got? Kim Kardashian and all the Kardashians. But we you know something? Showing their butt cracks and, you know, letting it all happen. But listen, okay, and and I'm just going to say this. We can't blame how women dress on this problem, okay? No. Okay, we can't. Goes back to the... Because people, within reason, I guess, should be allowed to wear whatever the hell they want to wear. Young girls who are huge fans and want to be like them. So what are we having to eat? To get... somebody, somebody stuck something in the microwave. What do we eat? Because the rest of us are hungry, too. Um, I did mute it. It was Neil Bortz. <laughs> Neil, Neil Bortz. When he was still on what? Radio, I miss him. I used, I used to Bortz. love Neil Bortz. Yeah. I love Neil Bortz. He came out before Rush. Right. He was talking one night about driving through downtown Atlanta, which is where he lived at the time, and seeing all these girls, these young girls, eight, nine, ten years old, just like fuckers. Yeah. For a Britney Spears concert. Well, I think as a parent, you have to, you know, you've got... 
you you have to have decorum, okay? But I have, you know, I also have a problem with people using the way people dress as excuses. Celebrities really wanted to do something good. They should try and, you know, I'm not a prude. I'm not a prude. But when I go on Instagram and see these half-naked girls or these butt cracks in their thongs, oh, what a lovely body I have. You know, sure you're getting accolades. You're getting accolades from all the horny guys out there. I want you to think about this. The current sex laws on the books in all 50 states those laws are probably less than 100 years old, maybe 150 at the most. And there's been a push in this country, an underground push in this country over the last few decades to rescind all those uh, sex laws or at least uh, change uh, carnal knowledge from where it is now. And you have groups like NAMBLA and a host of other really sick, perverted groups that are underground trying to push for a decriminalization of sex with children. And it would not surprise me, it it would not surprise me in the future if a Democrat platform would be to do something like that, to relax the sex laws in this country. Because a lot of that comes from what's going on in Hollywood. Something very telling during the um, very telling during the uh, Ricky Gervais's speech at the uh, Golden Globes is when he talked about Epstein. He said he Epstein is your friend, not mine. <laughs> so he knows that 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 culture exists in Hollywood. And it's not a culture, it's not a secret per se that that culture does exist around the country. And really, when you think about it, when you have the oversex, you have a a culture that's oversaturated with sex and it's going down to teenagers preteens and children it's true with with the over sexualization of the culture it wouldn't it be a first step before tackling the sex laws in this country what Let's hit a mute, whoever's got it going on. All right, so go ahead and finish your point, Mark. That was pretty much my point, that we're seeing the the over-sexuality of of children, teenagers, and all of this in the culture as a prelude to what's coming in the future. 
Because really what's coming in the future is very scary, if you think about it. Agreed. All right, so to finish out the program that has ran over quite a bit, let's finish with our predictions on the game tomorrow. Chiefs or 49ers? I will start with Tammy. Chiefs or 49ers? Margaritas. <laughs> I say again, Chiefs or 49ers? Margaritas. <laughs> All right. Amanda, Chiefs or 49ers? You got to tell her when she's up next. Baby, and if she's got it on mute. I'll probably get a message here in a minute that says, don't call on me. <laughs> Amanda. You got a warner, brother. All right, fine. Uh, Barbara, Chief, or 49ers? 49ers, which I love Joe Montana. Uh, okay. Jill, Chiefs, or 49ers? <laughs> Chiefs, Chiefs for the Bengals' revenge against the 49ers. <laughs> All right, Mark, Chiefs or 49ers? All right. Get off the phone with Vegas. <laughs> All right. He's making his bed There's one guy that bet over $1 million. My God. What? He bet over $1 million in Vegas. He put it on the 49ers to win. Well, I'm pretty sure he's got the money to burn if he stuck a million. Wow. But I'd go with the Chiefs. Why? Hmm? <laughs> I'm I'm betting on the Chiefs. 49ers suck. Anyway, San Francisco right. 49ers. Remember, yeah, you've got a San Francisco fall for anything, freedom isn't free. Thank you, soldier. For without the soldiers, we wouldn't have this great free nation. Thanks to families and soldiers. For without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. And you know what? Thank those radio hosts that do these programs because it takes a lot of preparation each week. On that note, Thank you. I'm the political Superman saying have a good night, everybody. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.